0: Blues Podcast, Esports Edition. Welcome to another episode of Valorant, my multi part series where I cover Riot's newest class based shooters, Valorant. And given that Valorant is the hottest game in the market right now, it poses some interesting questions that we can discuss. If you tuned into my first two episodes, I covered my impression of the closed beta. And then the second episode, I kind of critiqued the direction that Riot was taking in its visuals. The third volume I will talk about, crafting. As of mid-June, before the release of the real ranked mode, after the official release, we have 11 agents we can play. And going by their classifications, the Duelist, Initiator, Controller, and Sentinel. We have the following for the duelist: we have jet rays Reyna, and phoenix initiators we have breach sova we have controllers we have omen brimstone viper and for sentinel we have sage and cypher so the classes to my understanding is a duelist are better on one versus skirmishes because they have abilities that allow them to take the advantage or give them the upper edge in a duel in a dual scenario for instance jet has the ability to either jump or su- like really dash in like multiple directions plus smoke screen she can throw and the ultimate the phantom knives which gives her an advantage in a one versus one situation or even an outnumber situation initiators such as breach or soba they're basically the peakers or the playmakers basically they make the first move um, they have the ability to kind of initiate the fights they can be also the playmakers like their abilities um, such as Soba's arrows where you can see through walls and actually shoot through the walls, can kind of initiate the skirmish or end enemy advances because you kind of take in the first step and kind of thwart the plans. Controllers, as the name suggests to my understanding, is they use their abilities to control the map. Brimstone obviously has those smokes you can deploy and kind of dictate how the enemy will move. And omen very annoying to fight against a really good omen because they um, omen's have the ability to actually teleport to a smoke you throw, and you can actually you know flank people really easily. And viper can obviously create poison wall and domes and floors to actually you can dictate and control where people actually move around the map, or an actual spike site. And sentinels, as far as I can know, they're just supports. They have their unique abilities, unique to their each own and they support the team in various ways cypher for instance can use the cameras and get information on where the enemy is if they if trip the tripwires you know where they are if you use the ultimate you actually know where the entire team is from the course of the dead enemy team that's freaking awesome i love that ability sage has, has the ability to heal and resurrect which is really dumb but then again healer class what c- comes to mind in a healer you heal and you resurrect that's fine i haven't seen like resurrection really used like in a like OP way, I would say. A lot of sage players I know use the wall to boost up to um, different points on the map to get like the high high ground advantage or even peak. So let's just say like the resurrection isn't as obnoxious as the mercy res did in Overwatch. So we are now at 11 agents, but that's an odd number and nobody likes odd numbers. Given by the data mines found within the character interaction voice lines, apparently there is a mention of a character called Bombshell, who Sage and I think Breach has a voice line for. So a lot of people are alluding to that Bombshell is the next agent within the Valorant universe. Now the Bombshell kinda of, kind of helps you think about the different abilities he might have, or he or she might have, but still that's kind of boring because bombshell is kind of makes it obvious or not as obvious. So, I have thought of different abilities that future agents might have. Some good, some bad. Again, this is theory crafting as to what kind of abilities I would like to see within Valorant. So, let's just go down the list. Right now, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. around five or six abilities after brainstorming a good session, writing down almost like a page full of different abilities I can think of. And i will th- i will talk about why they would make sense in the valorant universe now given the distribution of the different agents to their class we have four duelists two initiators three controllers and two sentinels so given by this distribution i kind of expected the new agent let's just say agent 12 for for now agent 12 might be an, another initiator like breach or sova or sentinel like sage or cypher And given that Sage is our only quote-unquote healing support right now, I kind of expected the new agent to be another healer. Like not a traditional healer like Sage, but if you remember, Overwatch first came out with the first new agent in Ana, where Mercy was the healing beam healer and Lucio was the AoE healer. So you had the point and click, and you basically tether on to the hero to constantly heal them. And then you have Lucio, who was an AoE healer, so you don't really have to actually look and point and aim at the hero you want to heal. So I kind of expected, okay, maybe this new if it was an initiator or sorry, if it was a Sentinel, it would be another healer because that kind of balances out. Like you don't always have need a sage on your team in a competitive setting because of the heals. Now, obviously, this isn't like a game of overwatch where you know you can like disengage and re-engage right away you die really quickly in valorant so like unless your sage is like right behind you you're not gonna get healed all the time and also the heals in a long cooldown so you'll get maybe one good healing tops so this might be where the new healer comes in maybe the signature ability isn't the healing but it's the ability you can buy Maybe it's kind of a weapon you have to aim at your teammate to heal, or like an AoE healing grenade, for instance, like Ana's Biotic Grenade. Now, it's introducing more healers good to Valorant. It would open up new playstyles for different players, because, but you're introducing the fact that additional healing is available within the team composition, and that introduces more sieging opportunities, and more reasons for people to turtle up. And if it's an AOE heal, for instance, you can still you can form up and ad- advance that way without being without the worry of getting eliminated as a group because you have AOE healing, like risk and reward kind of thing. But that seems very obvious like, oh, we need another healer, but just because we need another healer, it's not as easy as let's just give this person some kind of AOE heal you can chuck at the ground to heal them because every action must have a consequence and what is the consequence of giving somebody aoe heal the obvious trade-off would be if you chuck things at the ground it'll make a gigantic noise that would be a trade-off for using the aoe heal but if you make the like sage's heal it's not as obnoxious because you can only use once per cooldown and the cooldown lasts almost 20 seconds as far as i can remember so you can't constantly heal people so if they do introduce another healer, for instance, not my idea of making a purchasable healing Stimpegla, for instance, there obviously has to be some kind of downside to actually risk using that ability. I also thought of maybe that maybe oils well, in the brainstorm <clears throat> list that maybe you can have a hero that distributes armor. But I immediately regretted thinking that because I remember what happened with freaking Brigida from Overwatch where you can actually stack armor on people along with actually bothered to play torbjorn and basically it was the the meta of armors if because you can give because brigida's armor was different than the na- na- um the natural armor some heroes get such as diva so it created more barriers that the opponent had to break through to get to the hp i'm against the idea of giving more characters more hp or more armor than they than what every single character has access to because it creates an unfair advantage at the start of the round because you can actually make the HP or armor of the opponent or your team higher before the skirmish. Now you can say like, oh wait, Reyna can overheal herself to from the base HP to I think a 50 more, but Reina's ability and overheal has to be earned through a kill, and that's the trade-off. If you get a kill, you're rewarded with Reyna's ability of overhealing yourself above the base HP. And this is different from let's say Brigida giving armor every few seconds or something. And even if it wasn't a cooldown, let's say every twenty seconds, a new a sentinel has the ability to give additional armor to a teammate or something. There is absolutely no downside to that. So every ability in valorant must have a benefit and at the same time it must have a risk of using it so that's why while i initially thought they should add another healer to the the valorant roster i thought it would be as simple as i'll just give them you know the healing biotic grenade from overwatch or you know give stackable armor like none of them seem to actually work out because there actually is no downside that i can think of that would actually make sense to insert a healer class within the valorant compositions right now and i don't know what would be a good sentinel ability if they want to make sage not the only support pick they have to rely on and this throws out invulnerabilities too invulnerability is like the worst thing you can ever put in a first person shooter game holy shit i know they did for team fortress too but that's only you know what like that that was still obnoxious like giving the ability for the medics to give temporary invulnerabilities to the heavies holy crap that was annoying to fight against even if you're a sniper from afar I guess the only thing I can think of that would make sense for a healing thing would be how the painkillers kind of worked in the left for dead series and other game series where I think it also worked in pubg let's say you're a 50 HP and usually if you say just healing, it heals you to 100. And let's theoretically say this painkiller uh, skill. This would actually raise your HP to 100, but it would slowly decay. See, that would be my idea. The risk and reward is that, yes, temporarily you get your full HP back or a set amount of HP back, but it will slowly decay to the... The hp you're at prior to using the painkiller now what would be the use case for this you might ask let's say you are in a one versus two situation and you just you just planted the spike but you're at like 45 hp and you have two enemies left but they're very low on health even if they're low on health if it's a two versus one situation it's kind of hard to come as a um come as a winner in that situation because you're at low hp and the other two are also at low hp and it's kind of like if they flank you and different variables comes into play. But let's say you planted the spike and you pop that painkiller at the mo- like the last few seconds before the spike explodes. That puts your HP temporarily at full HP and gives you the HP advantage you have going against these two. And, you know, obviously, if you get headshot, it's like whatever. But it's not 100% that you'll get headshotted regardless, right? There's a lot of variables calculating to play. But the fact that you're giving yourself the numerical advantage that is your health points above the other two uh, enemies you're fighting against it actually makes your chances of surviving and clutching slightly better the downfall of this if you pop it too early your health would deteriorate too fast for the advantage to actually matter in the situation it kind of works out so that's my game design theory for a different healer steam packs so that was the healer portion because I think the next hero should be it's probably a sentinel. But given by the name Bombshell, I think it will be probably an initiator. Initiator, who knows? So, the next ability I thought of, and this was again, it was like a brainstorm. After observing that so many abilities in this game requires you to throw something in order to deploy something, so, examples are Jets, um, Air Smoke Screen, Phoenix's Fire Puddle. Viper's Poison Puddle, Sage's Broken Glass Puddle. I'm not sure why I'm calling it a puddle, but it's puddles. So that made me realize that a lot of these abilities require that makes the players act in a certain way. For instance, if you see a Sage deploy the, the glass floor, glass puddle, most people's in immediate reaction is Don't walk in it because it'll make you slow and you make a lot of noise when you walk in it, alerting your enemies. It's forcing you to act in a certain way. So I thought, okay, a lot of these puddles based on crowd control are damaging, such as Phoenix's puddle and Viper's poison puddle. But what about a puddle that actually provides you with an advantage but also can be used by really smart people to use it as a disadvantage. This came as an inspiration after seeing like the tech demos for actually no, not tech demos from portal two, where one of the paint puddles actually increases your momentum by making you slide really quickly on any surface that is painted blue. So I thought that would be a cool ability that an agent could have. Now the, so the premise is you chuck an orb, or you deploy a strip uh, you deploy a strip of some kind of ability material, I guess. And anyone that walks on the surface moves way much quicker. It's basically a speed boost panel. Now, what would be the advantage of this? Well, one of the advantages I can think of is when usually when people let's say you are on A and but the bombs planted on B you need to walk all the way back there's so much time wasted or spent not wasted time spent walking from A to B now if you're the agent that has the ability to you know deploy that uh, speed boost paint let's say it's like a distance like the viper's poison wall you can save a lot of seconds deploying that and sliding across to save time moving to your destination that's one use case Another use case is if, I'm not sure how the physics works in Valorant, but maybe you can kind of link it and combo it with Sage's Wall, where you deploy the pain first and you run super fast. And you deploy the Sage's Wall at the right momentum, right time to lift you up. And you use that moment to jump across the screen. And let's say in one of the maps, I, I think there was a desert map. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of Imagine if you can jump from short B using this combo to jump momentum, jump all the way to fucking heaven on a site. That'd be fucking dope, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that physics don't work like that. But can you imagine if that was like true? You can have like three different heroes jumping across the map like in an instant without the opponent team realizing, and you can get the jump on them. Maybe it doesn't need to go to exactly heaven, but it can actually land right on the bomb site and causing that this commotion. And since it's so quick, it's like a blitzkrieg strategy where the enemy team has to react really quickly or else the team that just jumped in out of nowhere will get the advantage on them. I think that's another use case, but again, not sure how the physics work in this game. Now let's talk about how people can use this against I think there are certain points where, again, the property of this paint is it makes you walk really fast. And depending on whether you're walking or you're running, it increases your speed accordingly. Or it can act like ice where you slip. It makes you walk more depending on like which paint you use, like things like that. And for enemies, that means you can actually force them to walk fast in certain areas where the momentum is so quick they can't really stop properly or things like that. So you're forcing your enemies to either take a risk going through the speed up route or make another walk, another path around the place where you mark with the speed ramp. And if you actually deploy it right as the, if you predict the enemy advancing to like the, um, to defuse a spike or something or approaching, approaching a certain point. You can actually force him to start walking on the paint as they walk on it to get the speed boost. And maybe you can force him to run so quickly to a certain point, then you can just line up the headlines and just headshot him that way. It's not a destructive ability, but it's also messing with people's base movement and perceptions that it can create unique um, situations if used properly, and I think abilities like that—the abilities where it doesn't rely on damage—are more unique in a game like Valorant, where the shooting is very pre- needs to be precise. Other abilities I thought of are more straightforward. I thought of a grappling hook, and this is obviously inspiration from Apex Legends. I think getting o- abilities that let you get around and reach places where other uh, agents can't is always a good a variable to have within a team comp. Obviously Jet has the ability to ascend above things and Sage has the ability to raise people up to certain heights so they can get on top of certain things. So having an ability for a hero to use a grappling hook to reach other places means you don't have to rely on or have to choose slash pick jet or sage all the time for um, different agents to have access to the higher ground Uh, i guess the downside is if you use a grappling hook you make a lot of noise again but it seems like a very basic ability to use as your signature ability but again in a gunfight having the higher ground is always advantageous especially if you're a sniper for instance see on the flip side I thought there's way too many things you have to throw and raise and deploy in Valorant. But what about abilities where you can use it to create different team um, approaches? I guess team strategies. I think one of the cool things I I always saw in video games is like the ability for one man to be the walking shield, and your partner behind you to be the walking turret. I think a character in Rainbow Six has the ability to deploy a riot shield or a deployable cover. And I th- and I considered that, what if a agent's ability allowed you to hold up a riot shield that had a certain amount of armor slash HP before it is destroyed. I think that would create, maybe not suited for Counter-Strike like slash Valorant like shooting games. But I think it would make an interesting strategy as you would have advancing formations where if you have the this will obviously be an ultimate this can't be a signature ability you have the ability to pop the right shield and you advance with it with another teammate behind you obviously this would this shield will have certain dimensions and width so it can either cover you and your teammate behind you and it would take a lot of gunfire to destroy the shield and maybe the person behind you again this is just theory crafting but i think it would make very funny scenarios where, if you have a really good shooter on your team, and if you have the right shield ability, you can just deploy that and just protect the fuck out of your teammate, while they try to, you know, try to f- frag the other te- other the enemy team side. Something like that. And this was like the, one of the first, very first one I brainstormed. Like, what if they had a deployable cover and shield? Because a lot of it seems like. You're just waiting at certain corners and certain angles to for enemies to pop out. But since there's abilities like it's an ability based game, like why not have an ability where you're basically the walking juggernaut? Obviously, you can't use your gun with the right shield on because that'd be stupid broken. But you can still kind of coordinate team plays with right shield hero plus another agent to create like a combo play. Walking tank formation, something like that. And yes, that was one of my weaker ideas. But here comes the biggest one. I've saved the best for last. So after before Reina came out, I kind of wonder like, you know, you have abilities that kind of mess with your vision, you know, you have forms of flashbangs, you have forms of smoke screens. So what, how come there aren't as many abilities that messes with your audio? And I think one of Omen's abilities actually messes up your hearing where you and enters you into kind of like a white noise state where you don't hear anything but a certain frequency of sound. And I thought, why sh- why is not there ability where you can actually steal the hearing from your enemies actually like puts them in that in like the non hearing state. And then reyna came out and it actually fit that itch nicely where the ability actually takes away your hearing and give, puts you in that kind of a mute state where you can't hear anything. and turns out that's very, very annoying to fight against and I hope they kind of nerfed the radius of that a bit. But I was right in the sense like taking away the audio cue and taking away the, the sound within the gamescape away from players, it's a very big hindrance in their play. And I thought, why not take this a step further? Why not take everything away from them. In certain video games, turning off the HUD is a feature where A it creates a cinematic experience because you don't see the HUD, which doesn't really create a realistic simulation because in real life you don't really see HUDs everywhere. And then I thought what if an ultimate ability within a radius when popped takes away your HUD and your hearing. You only have everything but you still see the screen you still see your gun but you don't see your cr- crosshair you don't see the map, you don't see your hud so you don't know how much uh, bullets you have left and you take away the audio cues which you have to rely on to like accurately figure out where each person is shooting or where they're approaching from if an ability took away your hud for at least a good three sec like, at least three seconds i think that would be a great ability to bank on to win a round like if you pop an emp and you somehow flashbang them using phoenix's ball or um, you use Breach's like flashbang then you literally took away everything from them and they don't even have the audio cues to know where they're shooting at when they're blinded that will be the ultimate crippling state you can put on your enemy and that's a good way to win a round if you're like banking on like, we have to win this round. We're, like, low economy, and you just bang, EMP the fuck out of them. You flashbang them, and you win the round. Obviously, this is not a surefire tactic. Obviously, if you if your team sucks at shooting or kind of, like, putting themselves in a situation where they can actually take out all the enemies at once, it's not going to work. But the idea that you're moving certain elements that the player relies on to play the game for a, a certain period of time, even three seconds, to kind of jar them. To disorient them it sounds very exciting obviously it doesn't sound very exciting if i'm pro- if i'm on the receiving end of the, the ability but the fact that it forces people to not be within their comfort zone of seeing all the information that's helping them play the game for a quick second i think it'll be a great i think it'd be a very interesting gameplay experience and yes that's a, that was my biggest idea emp to get rid of their everything in their hud and yeah take away their everything please hire me right i please help me design valorant <laughs> no so in summary i'm actually looking forward to the who new the new hero whoever he she whoever he she or they is and after seeing Reyna, i love Reyna's kit and obviously riot knows what they want a character obviously they want the duelist to be the flashy and basically be piloted by really good players because obviously in the future where you see highlight reels it's obviously going to be all the reina's or the jets that's my prediction because they're the ones that has the ability to come out from like a one versus five situation more easily and more capable compared to the other agents because they have the ability to sustain themselves and keep themselves alive and or have the tools outside of the guns to make the play happen so i'm actually looking forward to what kind of game d- design decisions that right makes in the future obviously more experienced players have more better ideas and more realistic ideas than me but that's the fun of crafting. I can toss whatever I think at the wall, and some might stick, some might not. And that's the beauty of it. So I'm looking forward more to what happens within the Realm of Valorant once rank comes out. I'm actually looking forward to seeing more meta strategies. I just learned that's a thing called a stinger strategy, where everyone just advances with stingers. So I hope to see more plays like that so I can learn more about it and more content about it. This ends another episode of Valorant. Obviously, I thought of ending this series with four episodes where I talk about where the esports might take off for Valorant, but I realized that I don't have enough experience compared to the other veterans within the esports journalism scape <clears throat> that actually has knowledge of how, like, really classic esports games such as Quake on your tournament or StarCraft and how they start up as an eSports. So I'm not even gonna bother. But I will be making more valorant content as they come because I am seriously interested in game in the (laughs) I'll be making more valorant content because this game intrigues me in a way where actually has the potential to be of its own original thing. if. This, if carefully supported, or it will go down as history as the Second Coming of Overwatch, or the game to try to copy Counter Strike. Either this game will go down as the Second Coming of Overwatch, or the game that it is the boiling pot of different FPS cliches. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find this podcast. On major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcast, and any other platform you listen to your podcast on. You can also find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv lastblues. You can also follow me on Twitter at lastblues. If you have any f- other theory crafting you have, or other theory craft about the different Valorant skills there might be, or the ones you thought of, send me a DM or tweet at me. I would love to hear your thoughts and comments. Thank you, as as always, for listening. I will see you on the next episode of the Esports Blues. Bye now.